It is a Friday. Welcome in. Let's get ready for the weekend. Mike Steely here at the one, the only, the best place to play, the best place to uh, have a great meal, the best place to have a great time. The one, the only, Riverwind Casino. Friday night means it's uh, steak night at the River Buffet. We've got concerts indoors and outdoors now with Beats and Bites underway. We already had Blue Oyster Cult and 38 Special. Last Saturday, great turnout, great time, great show, by the way. And uh, next up in June, Gin Blossoms and Tonic will be on the Beats and Bites stage, presented by Coop Ale Works. And then in July, we'll have Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, and Tracy Bird on August 26th. The music of Gary Allen should be a great time out at Beats and Bites 2023. And again, coming soon to the Showplace Theater, June 23rd, Earth, Wind, and Fire. We also have in July shows from Collective Soul, Josh Turner, uh, the comedy of Gabriel Iglesias. That's going to be tremendous as well. In August, Dwight Yoakam on the 19th, Counting Crows on the 25th. In September, how about REO Speedwagon, September 8th, Chicago, September 15th. Other shows on the way, Foreigner, Rodney Carrington, Aaron Lewis, it is the very best place to come out, win some money, have a great meal, stay at a world-class hotel, or see a great show indoors or outdoors here at the one and only Riverwind Casino. Parker Thune is back in the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios. How are we doing? Well, Steely, it's Friday. The weekend has arrived. Well, not quite. The weekend has almost arrived. I'm planning on sitting here in this studio, knocking out three solid hours of radio, Going to eat a delicious late lunch at Mo Betta's and hitting the camp circuit hard. A lot of team camps this weekend. Obviously, OU had their first session yesterday. We talked about that. They've got another one tomorrow morning. Then two of the big DFW area showcases are taking place this weekend at SMU and TCU, too. So I'm prepping for a lot of time on the road this weekend, as is the norm this time of year. There you go. Sounds good. Sounds like another busy weekend for Parker Thune. And we have Sooner football news. To uh, It's going to take something pretty big uh, to bump Oklahoma softball out of the lead segment today. But uh, Dejon Terry, the uh, defensive lineman from Tennessee, sent it out not long ago. He is committed to the University of Oklahoma coming from the uh, portal to play for the Sooners. What are the Sooners getting in Dejon Terry? Well, they're getting a guy with a huge body that's got experience in the SEC. And I think what you're banking on is that that alone is going to make him worth the scholarship at the University of Oklahoma. He was a spot starter in his two years at Tennessee, made a couple of starts prior to that in his tenure at Kansas. He was at Kansas in 2019 and 2020 and then spent the 21 and 22 seasons at Tennessee. He's going to have two years of eligibility left. Again, like I want to temper expectations here because – I don't think it. this is the guy that solves all your problems at defensive tackle. I think the issues run a little bit deeper than one spot starter from Tennessee being able to solve all of them by virtue of his mere presence. But if you're able to land Philip Paya as well, if nothing else, you've got a nice diversity of experienced options that you can roll out there at defensive tackle and hope that somebody makes a big leap in terms of production. Yeah, no doubt. I like the fact they're going after more bodies, more competition, and let's see who pans out, man. Let's see who can uh, be a contributor for the Oklahoma Sooners on defense this fall. So Dejon Terry, the uh, transfer from Tennessee, 6'4", 
320 pounds, committing to Oklahoma. That news came out earlier today. You mentioned uh, Philip Pia, the D lineman from Utah State, spent uh, a lot of time at the University of Michigan before heading out to Logan, Utah. So there is a possibility there. And uh, are we hear any, hearing anything yet on the uh, the other guy who visited recently, uh, portal possibility, Josh Wallace, the uh, defensive back from UMass? Yeah, so I know that he intends to take visits to Michigan and Virginia Tech coming up here. In talking to a well-placed source on the matter yesterday uh, while on campus at Oklahoma, I got the sense that uh, – Maybe if if OU pulls the right strings here in the next few days, they can convince him not to make that final visit, which would be to Virginia Tech. He's already got plans to be at Michigan this weekend. So it uh, feels like an OU-Michigan battle right now for Josh Wallace, and there is some confidence on the OU end. I think that's an addition, and I've mentioned this before, I think that's an addition that goes farther than the addition of Terry simply because – when a guy produces like Josh Wallace did a year ago at a place like Massachusetts, where <laughs> that football program does not have a whole heck of a lot going for it, not to mention the fact that he's a four-year starter for that program, that's the type of guy that you can count on showing up and making an immediate push for starting snaps, which the Sooners are going to need at cornerback because it's not really clear who's going to be the guy opposite Woody Washington. Gentry Williams is in the picture. Sure, Kendall Dolby is in the picture, but you don't want to push all your chips in the middle on a guy that hasn't made any collegiate starts yet, which is the case for literally everybody amongst that group with the exception of Woody Washington. No doubt. All right, other news. Dominic McKinley, the uh, highly touted defensive lineman from Lafayette, Louisiana, Uh, Named Oklahoma in his top six schools, and it's the Sooners along with Texas, Texas A&M, LSU, Ohio State, and Georgia. Uh, For those not in the know, Parker's going to fill us in on Dominic McKinley. And uh, where do you think the Sooners' chances chances stand right now again? We know they're at least in the top six. Yeah, no, they're in the top six, and I would venture to say they're, they're in the top two right now for Dominic McKinley. Uh, If they don't lead, they're right there at the top. I'm still apprehensive, though, because you're talking about a five-star defensive lineman from the state of Louisiana. It's one thing to get a three-star receiver from Louisiana, i.e. K.J. Daniels, and that's no knock on K.J. Daniels, but it's one thing to pull a kid of that caliber from out of the state of Louisiana. It's another thing to pull a war daddy out of LSU's backyard. And granted, the Oklahoma staff has been after McKinley for over a year at this point. Todd Bates has done a great job developing that relationship, but it's still a blue-chip Louisiana kid who's got the LSU offer and is being actively recruited by LSU. It's one of those situations, Steely, where you don't let yourself get too optimistic until you see the announcement, until you see Dominic McKinley come out and say, I'm coming to the University of Oklahoma, because up until then, it's hard to believe, man, as much hype as there may be surrounding this kid and OU, LSU historically still gets just about whoever they want from their own state. Yeah, again, uh, you you consider that if you get that uh, signature from Dominic McKinley, just, uh, man, a great recruiting victory, obviously. But whenever you're going in uh, competing against a great program, 
uh, and LSU has become that. They've always had a pretty good reputation. They've obviously got a lot better here over the last 25 years or so. But passionate fan base, uh, really a low-class fan, uh, fan base, but uh, definitely passionate. Uh, however, you know, if you could pull that off, that would be a major coup for the University of Oklahoma. So we'll see if they can get that done down the stretch. So uh, we got a lot of things to talk about today. The SEC decided to go with 8 over 9-1. This is for 2024, and I think this is going to be kind of the short-term solution. It looks like they haven't gone beyond... 2024 uh so again one permanent opponent you know who that's going to be for oklahoma it's going to be texas and then seven other uh sec schools obviously uh, that they'll play in that first year of conference play next fall a lot of people were hoping it's going to be nine i think eventually they're going to get to nine what that creates is an issue for oklahoma scheduling wise in uh, 2024 because they have a temple and tulane on the non-conference schedule right now, which means they got to fill two openings. Now, I'm sure Joe Castiglione, you know, he's a very bright guy. He's the best AD in the country, in my opinion, and in the opinion of many others. So he has known about this as a possibility. So the question is, who will they fill those two slots with? And I'm sure they've already been uh, taking a look at that and are probably uh, working on that or have been working on it for a while. You might get another Big 12 team like a TCU. You might get a new Big team. A Big 12 team like a Houston, somebody like that. But what's your reaction again to uh, eight instead of nine? And again, the Sooners now having to scramble a little bit to fill out that schedule uh, in the non-con for 2024. Yeah, well, my first thought, Steely, is you remember back in 2020 during the COVID-19 pandemic and all of the upheaval regarding Oklahoma's non-conference schedule that year, uh, Joe Castiglione came out and said he, they, so they had to pull that Army game off the slate, if you'll recall. But Joe Castiglione came out and said, look, we're committed to rescheduling this game at some point down the line with Army. Oh, you would have been going up to West Point, as you'll recall, to fulfill the back half of that home and home that saw OU host Army and eventually go to overtime with them back in 2018, the Kyler Murray year. So, I wouldn't be shocked if you see Army on Oklahoma's non-conference schedule next season. I would love I th- to see I it. I think that'd be an awesome development because that was a trip that I was very much looking forward to making. I was bummed to see it come off the schedule, but as as profoundly and as fervently as Joe Castiglione professed at the time, we are going to play this game with Army at some point down the road. I wouldn't be shocked if those conversations ramp back up in earnest with this new vacancy emerging in the 2024 non-conference slate for OU. Yeah, and, and even if Army's schedule is filled out, contracts can be broken and you can move another game. I mean, it's sometimes it's not easy to do, but it can be done. So we'll see what the Sooners do with that schedule uh, in terms of the non-conference in 2024. All right, 135 today, our friend Brandon Drum, OU Insider from the Rivals Network, will be joining us. We'll talk about Dejon Terry. Uh, leaving Tennessee, coming through the portal to the University of Oklahoma. It is official for Dejon Terry now. He is going to be an Oklahoma Sooner. So we'll talk to Brandon about that and a lot more. It's amazing. I have like seven sheets of uh, notes out here today. And uh, my handwriting, as you get older, you know, arthritis and stuff, if I really take my time, it's still pretty good. But I don't take my time. I get in a hurry, and it looks like absolute gibberish chicken scratch. But... I can actually tell what 
I'm writing down because Dr. Bellardo is the man at the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. You want to eliminate reading glasses if you're well over 40 like me, and I'm way past 40. Uh, if you're either farsighted or you're nearsighted, you need to get in touch with my guy, Dr. Bellardo. Known him for years. The staff there, they're super professional. They'll make it uh, really comfortable for you. Uh, and, again, you need to check out Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. See if you qualify for lens replacement or cataract surgery from the experts at Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. Dr. Bellardo and uh, his professional staff over there, they have been leading the charge in terms of uh, vision correction in the market for over 20 years now. Call them up at 405-755-7700 for a free consultation from Dr. Bellardo himself, or you can go to alcok.com. Like they always say, if you want to see far, you want to see near, you have to come here to the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. We're going to take a break, come back. My apologies to the Queen, Patty Gasso. Only Dejon Terry committing to Oklahoma could knock Sooner softball out of the lead spot today. But we're getting right back to a lot of Sooner softball. We'll hear from Jen Schroeder. Thoughts on the Oklahoma-Tennessee matchup. And from the Queen herself, Patty Gasso, coming up next. Let's go into the weekend, everybody. I am here at one of my favorite places on the planet, the one, the only, Riverwind Casino. Always something happening here. Nearly 3,000 electronic games, all the best games, the best bars and dining. World-class hotel right next door that connects to the casino. Great service, all your favorite table games as well. Great poker room, off-track betting, high-stakes area. I mean, they've got it all. New Member 7 is a great promotion. If you don't have a Riverwind wild card, you're coming out here. Make sure you get one. It won't cost you anything. You can take part in all the promotions. You want to upgrade the wild card, you can do that as well. But the uh, your standard Riverwind wild card is going to help you a lot in these promotions in terms of winning and uh, hearing your name called out here because you have a wild card. And in the New Member 7 program, you can earn up to $450 in one day. It's a heck of a deal. All right, Sooner Softball, how about that matchup yesterday, Parker? Pitcher's duel, Jordy Ball, amazing in the circle for Oklahoma. Nijic Hannity was uh, unbelievable for Stanford throwing heat up to 75 miles per hour. Had the Sooner hitters a little baffled trying to catch up uh, with that heater, and I'm telling you what, they finally did. They worked her you know, uh, hard in the first couple innings with the uh, incredible at-bats, the long, never-ending at-bats with Jada Coleman and T.R.A. Jennings. And Patty Gasso and company prevail. Big hit for uh, Jada Coleman in the fifth inning to give the Sooners the lead 2 to nothing, and Jordy Ball closed it out for Oklahoma. So the Sooners get ready for a matchup with Tennessee, nationally televised on ABC tomorrow afternoon at 2 o'clock again on ABC Tennessee routed Alabama in its opening game 10 to 5 in the first game out yesterday at Hall of Fame Stadium. Let's hear from Patty Gasso on what ended up being a very hard fought win over Stanford. Proud of this team. Um, we knew what we were running into in the way of Nyjah, and she has become one of the hardest throwing. Um, ball-moving freshman I've ever seen. So I feel like we got a really tough, tough matchup. Their pitching staff is really good. Um, they're very disciplined. They um, Stanford just is very well coached, and I feel that. 
I felt that watching them, very disciplined, very quick. They, they do a lot of things really well. You may have seen us look like we were really struggling, and at times we were just really trying to figure this out. And um, a lot of foul balls, a lot of foul balls. But we made her throw over 60 pitches in up to like the third inning, and the goal was to just keep fighting and get her to keep throwing, maybe tire her out. It's hot out there. I mean, there's strategies that we've had so many different strategies to go up with and try to make something happen. And thankfully, Jordy was absolutely on her game. She was just a boss today. It was really fun to watch that, especially, you know, not getting the opportunity she wanted last year and just making the most of it from day one. And just Jada and and Boone and um, these guys just really starting to put a few things together was really, really important. But that was a probably one of the most stressful, struggling first games we've had that I can remember in a long time. There you go. And uh, at least it is a victory for Oklahoma, not like a couple years ago when uh, Odyssey Alexander of James Madison beat the Sooners in the opening game. Sooners came back uh, again, facing elimination time after time after time and won that national championship, but uh, Nigel Kennedy, uh, unbelievable freshman, no doubt, freshman pitcher of the year, and you can see why. She, uh, she's she got some nasty, nasty stuff, no doubt, but the Sooners finally figured it out, and uh, like Oklahoma's done in so many tight games, they find a way, and they did that again yesterday in the bottom of the fifth inning. Now, that sets up a huge matchup with Red Hot Tennessee. We talked about this the other day. Who is the biggest threat to Oklahoma? And we ranked them, Tennessee, Florida State, and then I went with Oklahoma State third. Now, Florida State routed the Cowgirls uh, late last night, so Oklahoma State's going to have to try and bounce back, uh, you know, facing elimination tonight against the loser of the Washington-Stanford game, which is underway right now at Hall of Fame Stadium. But this Oklahoma-Tennessee matchup, highly, highly anticipated. Here is ESPN's Jen Schroeder. Uh, talking about being pumped up to see the Sooners take on the balls. I think everyone for the last few months has wanted to see Tennessee face off against the Oklahoma Sooners. And no one wants to see it more than me. I'm excited. And obviously the drama of Donahue being back in Oklahoma City, we've already heard it. You know, how many times did Kevin and Amanda say it on air today? Uh, we've seen Mackenzie Donahue here just in a different uniform, right? So I can only imagine how many times it's going to be said on Saturday. But I'm excited. You've got Ashley Rogers, who is seemingly healthy this year. Kiki Malloy, who's the hottest hitter in this tournament, right? You know, I, you, of course, you've got the Jada Coleman's and the T.R.A. Jennings and the Kinsey Hansons of the world who are fantastic hitters. But when you look at the raw data, Kiki Malloy is the hottest hitter right now. And you can't count out Zeta Pooney either, who started her career at Oklahoma and still has a very close relationship with a lot of those girls, including T.R.A. You know, they're, they're, they're more like sisters. So, I'm excited for it because I think it's going to be competitive, and then the storylines within it just make for really good television. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a big time game. And again, the Sooners uh, they you know you want to win that first game out, and obviously they came through in the clutch yesterday. But you can really put yourself in the driver's seat. You win this game tomorrow at two o'clock against Tennessee. Uh, you've got another day off after that, and then somebody's going to beat you twice to get to the uh, to get to the final. So. Obviously, a huge matchup tomorrow between the Sooners and the Balls. Those are our Ortho Central clips of the day. 
Brought to you by Ortho Central Clinics in Norman, Midwest City. And now that spot in the uh, Tri-City area, serving Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These full-service clinics treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. And all of our Sooner Softball Championship run updates are brought to you by Orthostat in Norman. Injuries, not fun. Orthostat, though, they'll get you taken care of. Same-day orthopedic care, no appointment needed. Call Orthostat at 405-515-5575, or you can visit ouchorthostat.com to learn more. So, Parker, um, should be an interesting matchup tomorrow. And uh, what was your concern level yesterday? Was it, uh, are you at the point where, like, yeah, Oklahoma's got this, or did you have at least some concern yesterday? I mean, no, there was never really any concern in my mind, Steely, just because you could tell that Jordy Ball had her best stuff. And that just underscores exactly what we've talked about all season with this OU softball team is the multiplicity of ways that they can beat you. Some days they can outslug you, i.e. that birth-clinching super regional victory over Clemson last weekend where they won an 8-7 to slugfest, or... They can have one of their tremendous trio of starting pitchers toss a gem, and it only takes one hit from Jada Coleman to get the win. So Oklahoma, man, I I question whether even Tennessee, as good as they have looked at times, I question whether they can keep pace with this Sooner softball team even if they bring their best stuff. And everybody's – Oklahoma's going to get everybody's best shot here in Oklahoma City. They're going to get – everybody's best seven innings they're going to get the ace pitchers they're going to get the best at bats Uh, they're going to get the most fight but in the end man as you saw yesterday Kennedy pitched about as well as she could have reasonably pitched against that murderer's row lineup and still I'll reiterate all it took was one hit for Oklahoma to put one in the win column and that is a daunting proposition for opponents yeah, I, I don't think they are going to see a more uh, daunting uh, task in terms of an opposing pitcher than uh, Kennedy. She was unbelievable. And look, obviously, uh, Sandercock at Florida State, there, there's some excellent pitchers, uh, obviously, in the Women's College World Series, or these teams wouldn't be here. But, man, that you talk about, I think the first swing that Jada Coleman had, you could kind of see the grin on her face like, uh-oh. And not that they were intimidated, but they knew it was going to be a challenge. And Patty talked about that in the soundbite. They knew what they were going up against, and they found a way. And I don't think there were probably uh, ever as many Sooner fans out there who are diehard OU softball fans and watch every single game that were more excited about pitches being fouled off than they were yesterday because that was a victory. That was a victory early in the game. Two innings, 50 pitches, three innings, around 60 pitches. So, you know, you knew what was coming because they they were having a hard time getting around and, uh, you know, making contact because she was throwing, like I said, between 70 and 75, and they just couldn't do it. But they were making enough contact to foul those pitches off, and uh, that was a little victory, one of those little victories like Jada Coleman's talked about where eventually – that's going to wear a pitcher down. They eventually got to her. Uh, Lisa Brito had a real hard hit ball, and I think Patty Gasso referred to that. They, you know, it's kind of like what happened against Clemson. It takes a while, and uh, they were patient. Got the job done yesterday. Can't wait for the Tennessee matchup 
tomorrow, 2 o'clock on ABC. Friday, ladies and gentlemen, here at Riverwind Casino, River Buffet tonight, steak night, all you can eat, $19.99. Tomorrow night, seafood night here at the River Buffet. Always great dining options here at Riverwind, Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant, great food court. The new food court has a bunch of brand-new big-screen TVs right there in the dining area where you won't miss a single play of the, the game. If you're out here tomorrow, they'll have Oklahoma, Tennessee right there for you. Uh, Riverwind didn't think they could improve Riverwind because it's already been the uh, best casino experience in the metro area for a long time. But guess what? They have with this renovation. you got to come see it. All right, break time right here. Next up, let's hear from you. Knippelmeyer, Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. We'll get to your texts next right here on The Ref. Yes, sir. Welcome back. Friday, 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We're headed there in one second. I'm here at Riverwing Casino. Parker Thune back in the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. Sooner football news today. Uh, Dejon Terry, the uh, Tennessee transfer, did commit to the Oklahoma Sooners defensive lineman. So uh, a lot of people thinking that's pretty good news. Another body on the D-line. The Sooners again. We'll see how that plays out. But uh, so, Parker, we, we've got to give Todd Bates a win there, right? Todd Bates is in the driver's seat for KREF Recruiter of the Month in June. There you go. Mike, now obviously I don't know with all these official visitors coming to town on June 9th and June 16th how long that's going to last, but he's in the driver's seat for the moment. There you go. There you go. So I did see, uh, I think it was uh, last night that uh, the Sooners did make message board geniuses. uh, And message board geniuses said, uh, the tweet was, Tennessee is sending a recruit to Oklahoma to work as a mole. And it shows the the, uh, edit, the official visit for Caleb Beasley coming to Oklahoma. He's committed to Tennessee. He's going to be in Norman June 9th. And then on the message board uh, pick, many are thinking this guy is just a mole for Tennessee. He's been sent to the barbecue to recruit, which it's not the barbecue, right, for them. Instead, regarding uh, Will Winery, can you check his follows to see if he is actually serious about OU? Someone should caution the coaches if that's true. Yes, because the way to tell whether a kid is serious about OU or not is checking his Twitter follows. That makes a ton of sense. You can tell a lot of people, uh, you can tell sometimes about somebody, you know, by checking their Twitter followers. Now, particularly if they've got a ton, you can't do that. But if somebody has, you know, 75 or something, you can say, should I follow this guy back? And you look like, oh, my gosh, look at that. Uh, You can make a decision that way. But so we talked about this the other day. And I don't know, would you say it was tongue-in-cheek? Maybe partially, but there is some history there where uh, there's there's a theory that happened with uh, D.J. Hicks last year, right? Uh, no, not last year. Not with D.J. Hicks. I don't think that was the theory. I, the theory, well, and the word was that's what happened with Bobby Taylor at the Champu Barbecue back in 2021. So oh, there yeah, is, 20, okay. Yeah, there is some precedent for – that's apprehension, but yeah, I, not I, I don't know, man. I don't know how real or how. Look, the way I see it, though, Caleb Beasley is a kid who's from the state of Tennessee. 
is committed to Tennessee and has been for eight months. Are you really planning on flipping that kid? Are you really counting on flipping that kid? I am not right now. Yeah, it, it seems like it would be a major upset if the Sooners could pull that off. I mean, you never know, but it would seem to be a big upset if Oklahoma was able to get that done. So, um, anyway, we'll see. But I just thought it was intriguing again that they uh, wound up on uh, message board geniuses. Okay, 405 651 3439. That is the Knippel Myers Chevrolet text line. Parker, why don't we hit there? All right, off we go to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Micah from Kanawha says, if Satan had a softball team, I wouldn't even wish for his team to face Kennedy. Hope Patty does some tampering to get her from the portal so we never have to face her again. She's going to be a problem for a lot of people. Yeah, only a freshman from Topeka, Kansas, too. And, man, um, she's really outstanding, no doubt. Um, I, I I figured the Sooners would figure her out, obviously, because they just do that. They did it against Valerie Cagle. Um, you know, they've done it against Sander Cock and other great pitchers as well. But, but I, I tell you what, man, that was uh, that was some impressive stuff she showed. By the way, in the uh, top of the second inning in the matchup between Utah and Washington, which was never played last night because the OSU-Florida State game was backed up uh, for so long they didn't get it in, so they started at noon today. And Utah, D.J. Gasso, associate head coach, Paige Parker, assistant coach for Utah. The Utes are out to a one nothing lead over the University of Washington in the, uh, the game that started at noon. You've got Stanford and Alabama elimination game at 6 o'clock tonight. And then you have the loser of the game between Utah and Washington taking on the Cowgirls tonight, uh, scheduled for 8.30 so the uh, the loser of the two evening games will be done, obviously, at the Women's College World Series. Hey, Steely, okay, uh, let's get some more texts in. You want, a, you want a fun little subplot to the whole Kennedy saga from yesterday? Yeah, sure. Uh, her younger brother, B.J. Kennedy, is a three-star defensive lineman in the class of 2024 that has been on several unofficial visits to Oklahoma. How about that? How about that? And did I hear that uh, Kiki Malloy, the uh, Tennessee superstar, who's having a great, great uh, tournament and a great season, you heard Jen Schroeder talk about she's been the hottest hitter in the tournament, one of the best players in the country, that her uh, sister is coming to OU, and they say she might be even better. It's kind of like a Venus-Serena Williams deal. I heard Plank talking about this, that this morning. And, uh, again, the daughter of former football star uh, Lawyer Malloy. Oh, really? Okay, yes, 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 that rings a bell. That is a thing. Because I knew, I knew Lawyer Malloy's daughter was coming to Oklahoma. I didn't realize there was a connection there. But okay, yes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, from the 405, this listener wants to know, haven't heard Alex Storacco mentioned once. Is she not available? All I've heard is Nicole May and Jordy Ball. You know, I... I just think that Alex Storacco, who's been great for OU, obviously uh, the uh, the top two pitchers are Jordy Ball and Nicole May. And then Alex Storacco, again, who's been great, uh, would be third in that rotation. And then you have uh, uh, Kirsten Deal, obviously the superstar freshman, who would be fourth. Uh, would they use Alex Storacco? Sure, they would. But you're going to see Nicole May, uh, I would think, unless they go Jordy again, obviously, which they very well could. Uh, in the Tennessee matchup, but 
you know, the, the, the top two would be Jordy, then Nicole, and then you've got Storacco after that, and then uh, Kirsten Deal. So, But um, Alex Storacco, you know, she gave up some runs in the Clemson game, obviously, but she's also been outstanding all year for OU. Brazilian Sooner says, want to say great job by Todd Bates in closing on DeJon Terry. There you go. The Brazilian Sooner congratulating Todd Bates. And he deserves congratulations because, again, Oklahoma did get uh, Dejon Terry out of the portal. He is officially committed to the University of Oklahoma. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break right here. We've got Brandon Drum coming up today, as we always do at 135. Get on out here to Riverwind this weekend. Take part in the $80,000 New Beginnings and Winnings Contest. Play with your wild card uh, during the week, particularly Mondays and Tuesdays. Get five times the entries in your wild card for the drawings, which happen on Saturday night. So be out here tomorrow night for the preliminary drawings uh, early in the evening. Be out here at 6 o'clock. Get ready for the preliminary drawings. You can win $500 in cash or bonus play and the grand prize drawings just before midnight where you would win a hundred, not a hundred, but a thousand dollars in cash and a thousand dollars in bonus play out here at Riverwind in the great promotion, the 80K New Beginnings and Winnings promotion. Break time, coming back, more of your texts on the way. And uh, Brandon Drum at 135. It's Friday. Let's celebrate. Coming right back, right here on the ref. All right, we are back here at the one and only Riverwind Casino. Justin and uh, everybody out here, they they always do a great job. Promotions, everything's first class out here at Riverwind Casino. The renovation looks spectacular. It is a new and improved Riverwind. And they, they really didn't have to improve by much, but they've done it. They have done it here at Riverwind. Go, come check it out if you haven't already. Uh, tell you a lot more about what's going on promotionally uh, next hour uh awaiting sooner softball tomorrow two o'clock abc nationally televised matchup with tennessee in the winner's bracket sooners win two to nothing yesterday over stanford in a hard-fought pitchers duel uh with jordy ball you know we we're not talking probably enough about the job that jordy ball did as good as nigel uh kennedy was jordy ball had uh, more strikeouts complete game shutout and she's just a beast out there when Jordy Ball I mean she's just unbelievable and great for her because of the injury again last year uh you know I love the way she stalks around the mound she's such a competitor we had her out Parker I don't think you were there yet but she came out to do a spot at the ref uh it's been about I don't know maybe six weeks ago or something like that nicest young lady super friendly super polite very professional but, you know, when she's out there in battle, that's exactly what she's doing. She is battling. She is ultra competitive and obviously a great pitcher and was fantastic for OU yesterday. Can't say enough. Is Luann available to comment on the softball team? How about that softball team? There she is. Yes. That's what she said to T-Row the other day. Did you get Luann to record that specifically so you could use it on in that exact moment in the that's, show? That's that, and TJ used it on uh, T-Row this morning too because uh, we played the the deal where Luann, our uh, what the sweetest lady in the world, Luann, our office manager, you know, does all of our paychecks and payroll and all of that stuff. 
just a fantastic lady, and she was very disappointed that Toby, you know, Toby's usually doing it from the Roland Piedmont studio every day, but he came down to drop something off. He needed to do something, but we were having a station uh, bridal shower for Parker and Rebecca, his lovely fiance. And Luann was super excited that T-Rose here. He's going to be able to take part in the festivities. And Toby said, you know, well, I actually had a previous engagement. I just need to drop this off. i got to leave. And he said he could see the look in her face, uh, the disappointment in her face when Toby said, I have to leave. But not only that, she asked, do you and Plank do the baseball and softball games together? And, you know, Toby said, no. Chris does the softball, I do the baseball, to which Luann looked at him and said this. Oh, sorry, about, Did you, was, was, was I supposed to hit the... Uh... Yeah, my bad, my bad. So Luann looked him straight in the eye, the baseball play-by-play guy, and said... How about that softball team? Which was great. Which was absolutely fantastic. So there you go. All right. Hey, our man Justin is here. GM here at Riverwind Casino. And I'm telling you, folks, uh, you know that Riverwind has been the best casino experience in the metro area for a long, long, long time. And uh, they have improved the gaming areas. Uh, They have more games in here. They've added a few more. They're up to nearly 3,000. And a brand-new carpet. Uh, you've got to see, like, the, uh, the food court dining area, big screens everywhere, absolutely everywhere there. And uh, once again, uh, that way, if, you know, you go to Taco Bueno, Burger King, any of the great little stops they have over there, you will not miss any of the uh, game. So they've improved everything here at Riverwind Casino. It's awesome. So, okay. Um, what else did we need to get to today? Parker, so uh, which prospects are you going to be keeping an eye on this weekend, like the top three or four on your trip this weekend? Uh, that's a, see, here's the thing about camp season, Sealy. You never really know for certain who's going to be where. You just go to these places because you know you're going to run into a bunch of different dudes. I did it, I, I did hear that Michael Fasusi, four-star offensive tackle out of Louisville, Texas, is going to be at OU's camp on Saturday morning. So uh, if indeed he is in attendance, that's one guy that I'll be interested to see uh, live and up close and personal. I I did get to watch him at the Rivals camp last month in Dallas. He was superb. So I would figure he'll be one of the standouts. You can safely imagine that he'll be one of the standouts if he is indeed at OU's camp this Saturday. And then SMU and TCU – those big mega camps that they do, they're always rife with talent. And typically you get a lot of the same guys at that TCU camp in particular that camped with OU earlier in the week. There you go. Camp season, ladies and gentlemen, camp season. And again, uh, then big visits uh, picking up uh, the following weekend for OU uh, with uh, Will Winery coming in, obviously, and others. And then you have the uh, Champion Barbecue the week after that. So June is here, and that means, Parker, that recruiting is going to be heating up. And uh, what would you put the over and under at for June commitments for OU right now? I would say public commitments, 3.5. Silent commitments, 4.5. Really? Yes. Okay. Three and a half. Wow. 
that's that's not bad. That's not I, bad. I three think and it's, a half. I think it's realistic that Oklahoma could get out of the month of June with four public commitments, especially when I look at how things are shaping up uh, in the linebacker room because you got Braden Platt, Easton Baker, and James Nesta all coming in for official visits on the Champion Barbecue weekend, and OU's really only looking to take two linebackers this cycle, so there's going to be a crunch there, and especially for Baker and Nesta, I would imagine Oklahoma and Brent Venables let them know, hey, look, if you want in, now's the time to jump on board. I believe that's going to be Nesta's final official. I can't remember whether the North Carolina one comes before or after the OU visit, but Easton Baker is one guy that I've, I've already said I expect him in Oklahoma's class at this point in time, assuming he doesn't get beaten to the punch by one of the other linebacker targets. So kind of a race to commit kind of deal. Those, yeah. those are both four-star kids, right? Uh, they are both. Well, Nesta's a four-star. Baker's a three-star. Okay, but a rising three-star, correct? Yes. I, okay. I firmly believe that's a guy that's going to see his stock rise in the recruiting rankings in meteoric fashion. All right, that's going to be a wrap on hour number one. We've got another hour to go. We'll have Brandon Durham joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline coming up at 135, uh, talking what else, Sooner Recruiting, Sooner Football. We'll get into that coming up here in a little bit. want to thank Lasher Home Comfort Systems also for sponsoring our first hour. Uh, give them a call for all your heating and air needs, 405-579-3113. Coming right back on the ref. Back here at Riverwind. Good to have you with us here on a Friday, getting you ready for the weekend. Uh, Justin, the great GM, just dropped by. We were talking about uh, the great turnout for Beats and Bites last weekend. They had uh, about 6,500 out here for... uh, 38 special in Blue Oyster Colt. Great crowd, great atmosphere out there. Had a buddy of mine, won't mention any name, Sean Baker, uh, was out there and uh, said it was tremendous. 38 special in Blue Oyster Colt. Next up for Beats and Bites, June 10th, Gin Blossoms and Tonic. July 8th, Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, and Tracy Bird. And then in August, we'll have Gary Allen out there on the Beats and Bites stage, presented by Coop Aleworks. Outdoor shows here at Riverwind Casino. Very popular. Tickets are only 10 bucks a piece. Kids under 12 get in free. Bring your folding chairs. Bring your appetite because they feature all the best local food trucks on site out here for Beats and Bites. You'll have a great time. Great music outdoors with great food and entertainment here at the one and only Riverwind Casino. How is the uh, the wedding planning going? I know I ask you all the time, but I want to make sure that everything's on track. I mean, it's going, Steely. I feel like, you know, you get to about two months out, which is where we're at right now, and it feels like you should be doing more than you are, but there's not really anything more to be doing until you get the guest list finalized and people RSVP and all of that. So it's it's more of a holding pattern than anything else right now. But I do, you know, I constantly kind of feel that weight on my shoulders. Like, you should be doing more wedding planning than you're doing right now. But then I look, I go through the checklist of stuff we got to get done. And it's like, well, I, I really don't know what else we can do right now. There you go. Now, who freaks out more, you or Rebecca? Or can you answer that question on the public airwaves? 
I plead the fifth. Okay. Well, you know well, what? She's not listening anyway. It's her. Okay. All right. Well, you you got yourself a winner. You got a five star. She's she's darling, and she's very uh, very nice. And uh, you, like I said, this is like when uh, Travis Hunter went to Jackson State. I think you're a little bit overmatched in this deal. Well, I hopefully, know, I know hopefully the, story the parallels. Too because, hopefully, the parallels stop there because I would not like to see her hit the transfer portal after a year. No. No, she will not hit the transfer portal. Don't even worry about that. Don't even worry about that. I can just tell talking to her for five minutes, not going to happen. But, see, I also, I am not a uh, Power 5 institution myself. I'm more like Division One AA or something, and I, I got a five-star in Shea, too, so it can't happen. See, I think you're probably more Group of Five than Power 5, but you got a Power 5 uh, player there. I did, you know. It feels like it feels like I'm Tom Herman, and I just landed Ed Oliver. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. I like that. That's pretty good. All right, here at Riverwind Casino, we appreciate uh, the folks out here so much. They're always so accommodating. We've got our own little radio spot now. It's awesome. Part of the renovation. It's great. Uh, absolutely fantastic. All right, uh, Washington, or as some Okies say, Washington. Is leading uh, the Utah Utes now two to one uh, in the third inning in the uh, game that was supposed to be played last night, the uh, nightcap, but because of the weather delays, got pushed back to noon today. And right now, the Washington Huskies leading uh, Utah. Uh, let me check and see if I can update that again. But it is uh, last I saw again, it was two to one, and that's what I'm still seeing right now uh, from Hall of Fame Stadium. And they are through two innings, two to one in favor of Washington. Now, the uh, loser of that game will play the Cowgirls tonight in the nightcap. Uh, is that the uh, nightcap? Let me see. I've got my notes here. Or is it the first game? I believe, yeah, that will be the nightcap. Again, Oklahoma State. And the loser of this game tonight at 8.30, hopefully. And uh, the loser of that game would be done. The first game out tonight in the evening session is an elimination matchup between Alabama and Stanford. Okay, uh, yesterday the Sooners got it done against Stanford, 2 to nothing. but, man, they had to work for it. Uh, Nigel Kennedy was unbelievable, the freshman pitcher. We had heard that, you know, this girl's super talented freshman of the year and throws hard, and uh, they were uh, – they were accurate on both counts. She was uh, tough for Oklahoma, but the Sooners found a way, as they always seem to do in these matchups. Jada Coleman, bottom of the fifth inning with the uh, RBI single, and then uh, you get another run scoring on the air by the left fielder out there for Stanford. Oklahoma wins the game by a final of 2 to nothing over Stanford yesterday. But Jordy Ball was also unbelievable. Uh Kennedy uh, was seven Ks, one walk, five innings, four hits, two runs, one earned. Jordy Ball, complete game shutout, seven innings, five hits, 11 strikeouts, and one walk. Let's hear from uh, Patty Gasso and uh, from Jordy Ball. This is from uh, yesterday's press conference. Jordy and Patty talking about uh, the job that Jordy Ball did yesterday. Those are honestly the situations you kind of like to be in as a pitcher at times because when teams uh, press you like that it makes you be your best and you can't take a pitch off um, and it's a good test and so those moments are kind of fun even though they're really high stress at times Um, but 
yeah, just can't take a pitch off. <laughs> she said it herself. She, she lives for those moments. And um, it's not a lie. It's real. She loves the pressure. And that's where she thrives the most. So she's the right person at the right time. No doubt. And uh, she was fantastic yesterday. Now the Sooners look up uh, to the uh, next matchup. And that will be a battle with the Tennessee Volunteers tomorrow, 2 o'clock on ABC. And again, uh, Tennessee took care of Alabama, winning uh, that game yesterday by a final of 10-5 to over their SEC rivals. And again, uh, Oklahoma, number one in the country, Tennessee, obviously is as hot as anybody in the country besides Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, there's some Sooner flavor on that roster with uh, Mackenzie Donahue with, uh, obviously, Zeta Poonin as well. So uh, it's going to be a very intriguing matchup. Let's hear Jen Schroeder on yesterday on the rush right here on the ref. And uh, Tyler McComas asked her about her uh, level of excitement for this Oklahoma-Tennessee matchup. I think everyone for the last few months has wanted to see Tennessee face off against the Oklahoma Sooners. And no one wants to see it more than me. I'm excited. And obviously the drama of Donahue being back in Oklahoma City, we've already heard it. You know, how many times did Kevin and Amanda say it on air today? Uh, we've seen Mackenzie Donahue here just in a different uniform, right? So I can only imagine how many times it's going to be said on Saturday. But I'm excited. You've got Ashley Rogers, who is seemingly healthy this year. Kiki Malloy, who's the hottest hitter in this tournament, right? You know, I, you, of course, you've got the Jada Coleman's and the T.R.A. Jennings and the Kinsey Hansons of the world who are fantastic hitters. But when you look at the raw data, Kiki Malloy is the hottest hitter right now. And you can't count out Zeta Pooney either, who started her career at Oklahoma and still has a very close relationship with a lot of those girls, including T.R.A. You know, they're, they're, they're more like sisters. So I'm excited for it because I think it's going to be competitive. And then the storylines within it just make for really good television. There you go. All right, that is Jen Schroeder of ESPN talking about the matchup tomorrow. That will be on ABC at 2 o'clock. Sooner Softball Championship Run Updates are presented by Orthostat in Norman. Injuries, they aren't convenient, but Orthostat is. Same-day orthopedic care, no appointment needed. Call Orthostat at 405-515-5575, or you can visit their website, ouchorthostat.com. Dot com to learn a lot more. Okay, um, do you want to get a couple texts in before we'll uh, we'll flip to football in the next segment with the Dejon Terry news? The Tennessee transfer has committed to the University of Oklahoma. Uh, that happened earlier this morning, and uh, Dominic McKinley, uh, defensive lineman out of Lafayette, Louisiana, named his top six schools. It's down to Oklahoma, Texas, Texas A&M, LSU. Ohio State and Georgia. So that's what's going on uh, in the world of recruiting. So I, I'm seeing um, four star rating for McKinley and a five star rating for McKinley. Yeah, he's a five star in the industry composite. So okay, that's yeah, that's that would... a good that another five star possibility. Uh, how much? I mean, look. Everybody is hoping it's going to be David Stone or Will Winery or Dominic McKinley or, you know, Joseph Jonah Jonier, uh, any of these, uh, Nigel Smith, any of these other guys. They want to see Todd Bates close on. But you got to give the man some credit. He did close 
this deal with Dejon Terry. And I believe he's on the verge of closing another one with Philip Paya, the transfer defensive lineman from Utah State. And I mentioned it last week that uh, Philip Paya was overwhelmingly likely to end up transferring to Oklahoma, and that was a safer bet than Dejon Terry. I still believe that. And so uh, with Phil Paya coming to town this week, I'd expect Todd Bates not to just get one transfer, but two transfers in the span of several days here. So if nothing else, he's making moves in the portal with some of the top available options, and now the focus solely becomes what can he do in the 2024 cycle with some of these big names. Yeah, no doubt. All right, here at Riverwind Casino, Friday nights, big nights, weekends are always huge at Riverwind. Friday night, dining options at the River Buffet. It is steak night, very popular. All-you-can-eat steak for $19.99. Tomorrow night, it's seafood night. Great brunch there at the River Buffet on Sunday. I've got Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant right here. I'm looking right at it. And I love the setup in there. The The food is tremendous. I love the uh, giant pretzel with beer cheese. They make a great chicken pot pie. Tremendous carrot cake for dessert. I'm a big carrot cake guy, and there's a spectacular. And at the individual booths, I can see right now people watching the uh, Women's College World Series because you've got a, a nice-sized TV screen right there at your individual booth at uh, Chips and Ales here at Riverwind. And their food court is great as well. Uh, newly renovated food court area where there are big screen TVs all over the dining area there. So, again, if you wanted to come out tomorrow and, uh, you know, play some games, have a little lunch over at the food court, uh, you would not miss one second of the uh, OU Tennessee matchup. So, continuously improving. That's what winners do, and that's what Riverwind is all about, winning and uh, making sure that you have a good time. Break time right here from Riverwind Casino. On a Friday, Mike Steely out here, Parker back in the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios. Let's get to your texts, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Are you disappointed that it's going to be eight games in 2024 for the SEC? Does it matter at all to you? Give us your thoughts. Is this a temporary deal? Your thoughts coming up next on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line right here on the ref. All right, welcome back. It is a Friday. Good to have you with us. Tuesday is gone with the wind. Long gone. Friday's right here, right here at Riverwind Casino. What a place to spend Friday or any night, any day. Get by here, play with your wild card and uh, take part in the uh, great $80,000 New Beginnings and Winnings promotion. They'll have uh, the first round of drawings uh, tomorrow night. They're going to do it uh, Saturday nights through June 24th. Come on out here, play with your wild card, and uh, play with your wild card during the week where you can get extra entries for the drawings on Monday and Tuesday by playing with your wild card. Then hopefully you can hear your name called, win $500 in cash or $500 in bonus play during the preliminary drawings tomorrow night. Or uh, you could win $1,000 in cash and $1,000 in bonus play uh, at the big drawing for the grand prize winners, two of them, tomorrow just before midnight here at Riverwind Casino. All right. um, By the way, uh, we're going to play this soundbite from Greg Sankey, and then we're going to go right to the the text line. But the SEC, the, uh, the meetings, again, they decided that for 2024 at least, eight game conference schedule one permanent opponent and then 
seven other teams, and we'll see what what happens for Oklahoma, who the other seven will be. You know, the the, uh, the permanent opponent is going to be the University of Texas. That's not changing. But, uh, and by the way, we will know who the eight teams are officially June 14th. Now, we will not have dates for the games, but we will know who those eight teams are on June 14th. So we're less than a couple weeks away from that announcement, which is going to be big. But Kirby Smart, uh, the other day at the SEC meetings, oh, there's eight, eight or nine games. Who cares? This is the biggest bunch of nothing I've ever seen. What are you guys doing? Are you looking for something to write about? And I'm like, if you're there, you're like, uh, uh, Kirby, uh, yeah, uh, uh, we are writers. <laughs> we we write about things. So, yes, we are looking for something to write about. And, and one more question. Why, after winning back-to-back national championships, do you still have a five-year-old's haircut? I mean, come on. Are you looking for something to write about? Breaking news. Kirby Smart discovers journalism. <laughs> yeah. I If only the late, great Norm McDonald could have been in the audience and raised his hand. I could just hear his deadpan. Uh, yes, we're writers. So, yes, they are looking for something to write about. Okay, uh, this is what Greg Sankey said the other day when uh, Paul Feinbald asked him about uh, eight or nine games, does it make any difference? Here's what the SEC commissioner had to say. I think we ended that football season with a 65-7 to win in the I National remember Championship that game. <laughs> and, and if the indictment somehow is going to be that we don't play the highest level of college football, then somebody's not actually watching football games. And we're at eight, but we have uh, a requirement that you play an additional game against a, a non-conference opponent from one of our colleague conferences uh, or major independent can work really well. So I think pundits, coaches, analytics people can make a bunch of different arguments, but I actually think either one of those models will keep us very secure in, uh, in the college football playoff consideration. You know, I would rather see nine. I think, I really think eventually it's going to get to nine. This is a one-year deal for 2024. Maybe it'll be permanent, but I, I think eventually it will be nine. And, you know, look, you're playing in the SEC. Could it cost you maybe one spot, uh, you know, in the 12-team playoff? Maybe. Uh, and, and people talk, well, you see what the SEC does? I mean, Alabama plays the Citadel or Louisiana Monroe or whoever. Well, Yes, <laughs> when you're playing an SEC schedule, you probably want a little bit of a break. So I, I don't know. I saw the breakdown by conferences on, you know, the SEC compared to the other conferences in terms of Power Five games, you know, in the non-conference and who they play. But I mean, still, it's it's the SEC. Doesn't matter. Okay, what do you guys think? Four zero five six five one. 3439 Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's go to air. Find out. Doesn't matter if it's eight or nine games, says a listener in the 417. There will be at least nine Power 5 teams on the schedule regardless. I see the SEC going to nine games in another year. Boom. Right there. We're on the same page. Yes, I agree. From the 405, I love staying at eight games. Bring on that extra cupcake laughing emoji. 
You know, um, if it does stay at eight games, I, you know, will Oklahoma go play at the horseshoe again? Will Oklahoma? I'm, I'm not saying. You know, they've had a pretty aggressive uh, non-conference schedule. I think OU's done a good job, but uh, you know, if you're going to nine, uh, the likelihood of that drops certainly, and you can understand why at eight. You know, it's probably a little more likely. But, um, you know, like I said, it's it's a different world beginning next fall in the SEC. So we'll have to wait and see. But, man, think of some of the great. Uh, what would be your favorite non-conference OU victory, Parker? Now, you, you've got a shorter history, obviously, than I do. The ledger's not as long. But what would be your favorite ever OU non-con win? The win at Nebraska this past year. I mean, That's it, get, it huh? like for me, for me, having grown up in Nebraska, it doesn't get much better than that. I get to cover a game at Memorial Stadium, and Oklahoma throttles the Huskers. That was, I would say, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think for other ones that stand out, but non-conference games haven't been that exciting in years past for Oklahoma, and so yeah, and, and I can pick from a lot longer list. So for me, actually, I think it would be the. The two games in Columbus would be uh, the 77 Bond Shaman field goal and the uh, Baker flag planting incident uh, there against Urban Meyer. I think those would be my top two. What do you guys think, too? You can answer that one if you want. Uh, from John in Tulsa, if we stay at eight, OU needs to quit being a bunch of babies and schedule us in that open slot. Schedule us? Who is us? I Schedule us. I don't know. Who is, is us, OSU? John? OSU is not happening, I can tell you that. But And I don't know if that's us for John, who John's us is, but he can let us know. Uh, Sarks Vodka says, per, v- per BV, our non-cons should consist of competition. I personally prefer an eight-game conference schedule and allow us to play Michigan, Clemson, Miami, USC, or Oregon earlier in the season. Would be more exciting, in my opinion, and add some variety. There you go. I like that. I like that. Um, we'll see. So, according to Brent, if Brent gets his way, he wants to play better competition. And, again, everything changes. I do think you are going to see better matchups again, um, hopefully uh, because of the 12-team playoff. Because you don't, you've got a much bigger, completely bigger margin of error where if you think, man, we just lost a game, we're done. You know, and sometimes you can come back. The Sooners have done that before. But now you can go out there and lose three games. As long as it's against good competition and you're playing in the SEC, you've still got a shot to get to the playoff. So I think it should create better matchups. From a 405 listener, I don't mind the cupcake, but what I do mind is the cupcake scheduled in November when you're in the heat of a championship run for your conference. That's kind of been the way they've done it uh, in the SEC, though, right? You know, you always have that weekend where, you know, A&M plays McNeese State or somebody, and Alabama plays, you know, the Citadel. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Dallas Bill says, "Really, Parker? I'd say Baker's win at Ohio State or Baker's win at Tennessee. You got to keep in mind, I've only lived here in Oklahoma since 2017, so I have a very. I mean, if you're talking about." best non-con games I've watched for Oklahoma, then yes, I would go Ohio State or Tennessee, certainly. But in terms of non-con games I've covered, it's the Nebraska win this past year. Uh, 
from the 402 or from the 405, excuse me. Gosh, the media worships the SEC way too much. Just because two teams dominate, y'all act like every team is NFL light. No, but uh, again, you've got Georgia and Bama who are dominant, and Georgia's won, Bama's 1A now, but you've got uh, Tennessee's going great. Uh, LSU is heading in the right direction. Can't stand Brian Kelly as a human being, but he's a good football coach. Uh, Florida won't be down too long. Again, it's not like you're, you're not going to get, uh, you know, a couple games where, you know, Vanderbilt or whoever. Uh, gosh, Starkville, what a horrible place that'll be. Um, but, look, clearly, though, in an arm wrestling contest, the SEC pins the Big 12, you know, in about five seconds. So that's how you're looking at it. Back to the text line. I prefer nine, says another 405 listener. But eight will increase the odds of playing Oklahoma State or Nebraska in the non-con. A listener in the 469 says, I don't care. I'm just glad we're leaving this glorified mid-major conference. There you go. Yeah, and look, I just don't think Oklahoma State's going to happen, even if it's eight games and they've got to fill out more. I just don't see it happening. Mike Gundy said it's not happening. And unless something changes, things can change, believe it or not, but I don't see it happening for a long time. All right, we got a break right here. Let's bring in our friend Brandon Drum from uh, OU Insider. Rivals Network coming up next. Talk about the uh, news of uh, Dejon Terry coming through the portal to Oklahoma. That is official. The former Tennessee Volunteer is now an Oklahoma Sooner. We'll talk about that. About uh, the month of June, what's happening? Obviously, we'll uh, when Ari visiting. Not this week, but next week, and then after that, it's on to Champion Barbecue. We'll get Brandon's take on all those subjects and more when we get back here on the home of Sooner fans, the ref. Brandon Drum joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline, as he does every Friday to talk uh, Sooner football recruiting. And, Brandon, the big news uh, that broke today, uh, Dejon Terry, coming through the portal from Tennessee to Oklahoma. Was this a surprise to you? And what do you think uh, the Sooners are getting in Dejon Terry? After yesterday, it actually wasn't a surprise. At the end of the camp, I actually talked to a few people about it. And um, I kind of related to Parker uh, after camp. Like, Oklahoma just felt really good about that situation at that time. Um, obviously, his his he's got a family member that's going through some strong health issues that that Coach Todd Bates can relate with. Um, and that connection along with just the culture at OU and everything else just kind of lined up really well with him and his family. Uh, and everything kind of just started rolling in a nice direction for Oklahoma at that point. And you see what happened this morning when he came out and announced. And, uh, you know, he's still on campus, uh, should be leaving here in the next couple of hours, hour or so. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 a it's a great get. I mean, Tennessee, according to somebody that talked to me in the last forty eight hours, told me they're throw they were throwing everything but the kitchen sink at that kid um, to try to get him to continue to stay with the balls. Like they thought highly of Terry. They thought he was one of those guys that had the potential to be just a star for them uh, in the twenty three and twenty four season and had some big-time NFL potential. So uh, there is, uh, I, to me, 
it's just he's a huge gift for Oklahoma. Now you have a nose tackle when Oklahoma goes to that three-man front to really, you know, anchor it. And that's something they've been looking for. Um, it's, it's just you have him and you've got several, a couple other guys that are going to be in that rotation. So Oklahoma is a defensive, interior defensive line, and obviously the, the edges are starting to look really, really good for you right now. Now, Brandon, by the time we talk again with you next week, you're going to have some of the June 9th official visitors starting to trickle into Norman. So in advance of the first big official visit weekend for Oklahoma, what are you looking for? What are some of the key storylines with the group of official visitors that's going to be coming to Oklahoma around this time next week? Oh, I mean, shoot. Obviously, you reported it today, Michael Hawkins is going to be there. So I think the offensive line, I think Jason Zandamella, um, I think Grant Briggs, I think you know a couple other guys that are going to be on campus. That's big for Oklahoma, you know, that they can – I think Marquis Easley as well, another four-star offensive lineman. I mean, there's there's a horde of offensive linemen right now that are Oklahoma's making a strong push for. And then obviously you have William Swinary that's going to be there. You have uh, a couple other defensive guys that they have coming in as well, like uh, Kobe Black. I mean, those are the big storylines when you look at it. Okay, how's Oklahoma going to close on those guys? Can they position themselves to be the team to beat for those guys? I think that's what you like to see. And then maybe there's a commit or two that happened because, you know, the, the, the official visits actually started Memorial Day weekend and then they rolled over uh, into the first weekend of June and then obviously the second weekend of June. So there's a lot of kids that are going to be on their third official visit by then. Um, and once you get to that point, you kind of feel like you have – a good idea about where things are trending with you. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, the following week there may be a commit or two that happened, and then you roll into that champion barbecue the 16th or the 18th, and mass chaos, and all hell will break loose, I, I would assume, as far as that goes. And as you, we, we've kind of coined it, Parker, it's, it's official visit season through the third week of June, and then after that, it, it becomes commitment season for Oklahoma. And so uh, that's kind of been the trend over the last few years and really a, a major trend in year one with as a full, the full cycle with Coach Venables. So uh, we, can, we kind of feel like that's going to continue to be the case as they get into the latter part of June and all the way through the first couple of weeks of July. I think you're going to start seeing things really, really start to move in Oklahoma's direction on the recruiting trail. All right, I just got a text from a friend of mine who wants to know, what are the chances, and I know uh, Caden Durham, the LSU situation, what are the chances that Mm -hmm. Oklahoma could get both Taylor Tatum and Caden Durham in this class? I mean, that's what they want, right? Maybe 50%, you know. I I hate to say, and I know people get mad when you say 50%, so I'll say, 49%. 49%. I'll go a little under 50 there. So you then, I think the odds are in the favor of not getting both. And it's just because LSU with that track with Caden Durham, you know, it, that, that comes into play. Now, I, I don't want to sit here and say it's not going to happen because at the same time, Oklahoma feels like they're in a good spot for both those guys too. I talked to some people yesterday and they were like, yeah, you know, I, I think Oklahoma can get both guys. And, you know, 
when you hear that type of confidence and where it came from, you start to believe it a little bit. But to me, I'm, I'm one of those people that I believe it when I see it type people just because I've been covering it for a long time. And I know just the ebbs and flows of recruiting during all these official visits. It, it gets to become a major roller coaster ride. So you've got to have the stomach for it. And right now I just think Oklahoma – would love to get both. I think they're in a great position for both, but I think Taylor Tatum is where I'm kind of leaning they get right now. If if Caden Durham does end up uh, really settling down and feeling like Oklahoma, where he's originally from, is home, after that I think we're going to really know where things stand on the 18th or 19th of June with him. And I think that's going to be the big telltale sign is, is he going to continue taking visits? Is he going to continue to, uh, you know, ride this thing out? Because the further he gets away from the Oklahoma official visit, I think that hurts Oklahoma a little bit. So I think with him, he's a guy that you want to get kind of on board within the first two weeks after the official visit takes place. Brandon, he doesn't have a commit yet in the 2024 cycle, but over the next two weeks, Miguel Chavis is going to host no less than five blue-chip defensive ends on official visits for Oklahoma. Williams Noineri, Zena Amozalu, Nigel Smith, Wyatt Gilmore, Jay Sean Ross. If if you're throwing darts right now, who ends up in this defensive end slash edge class for Oklahoma and why? Oh my gosh, Parker! That's, I'm gonna say Williams Winery just because I I don't know. I just I, my gut says that that you know the the Kansas City area is and and particularly the school he's at is is very pro Oklahoma, obviously with Jamar Mosey being the head coach. Um, I'll say him. I'll say, I'll say Danny Okoye. I think eventually, I think they take him no matter what. I think no matter how far along it goes, and I don't expect a decision for him to be made over the next, you know, five months or so. I think he's gonna, he wants to announce somewhere along the lines of November. So I think he'll be in the class. I know that's not one that you, you said because he's not official visiting this summer. So, but I'm still gonna throw him in there, and I'd probably say. Part of me wants to go with Wyatt Gilmore, but there's this inkling of a gut feeling <laughs> that Jay Sean Ross, just because he's such a flyer in wildcard, and you know this more than anybody, like that official visit was not even in the cards up until just, what, 10 days ago? If that. and Yeah, if that. Yeah, if that. So it wouldn't shock me if he just randomly showed up on campus, you know, just well, not randomly, he shows up to campus on the official visit. And by the time the 19th of June rolls around, he's committed. Like that wouldn't shock me. And I know it wouldn't shock you either just because that's how that kid rolls. So I'm going to lean those three. And I think, you know, that, that goes along the lines of last year's edge rushing class, which was just elite. And the year before was elite. And then the transfer they've gotten has been really, really good. So uh, I think you're going to continue to see the, the upgrade on the edge rushing. And I think, I think interior is going to be just as much of a, a coup as, uh, you know, uh, as the edge rush, rush guys goes as far as uh, the status as far as the recruiting goes. So I think Oklahoma's trending up on the defensive line right now. And 
I mean, I think, you know, Terry is a prime example of that. Brandon, as always, we appreciate you. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thank you, guys. Brandon Drum, OU Insider, Rivals Network, joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Right now in the uh, game between Utah and Washington, it is 2-1 to one, Washington in the middle of the fourth inning as they uh, they just ended the uh, top of the fourth. So, again, we're going to the bottom of the fourth inning over at Hall of Fame Stadium. All right, one more segment for us. We'll get locked in at 2 o'clock. Let's take a quick break right here on the home of Sooner fans, the ref. The weekend is here, and uh, Riverwind Casino is a great place to be any day, any night. But the weekends, of course, are super hype here at Riverwind Casino. Friday night is steak night at the River Buffet. Tomorrow night, seafood night. And then Sunday, a great brunch. You always have great dining options. Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant is one of those as well. I'm standing right over here by Chips and Ales. I love the uh, giant pretzel with beer cheese oh so good chicken pot pie it's hard to find a good chicken pot pie they have one at chips and ales pub restaurant and then they've got fantastic carrot cake that i usually take home but it's uh, it's outstanding great food court here and again uh, riverwind casino now nearly three thousand electronic games newly renovated gaming areas it is fantastic best game best bars Best dining experiences. They've got a big-time hotel right next door attached to the casino that is highly rated. Tremendous service. They have all the best promotions. Uh, concerts galore. We're now indoors and outdoors with Beats and Bites. Uh, the next show up, Gin Blossoms and Tonic on June 10th. Great turnout for 38 Special and Blue Oyster Cult uh, last week. Fantastic atmosphere. And we've got shows coming to the Showplace Theater June. We are. We, you know what we are? We are three weeks away right now from the Showplace Theater's reopening as a concert venue. We haven't had a show there in over three years. Earth, wind, and fire. What a great way to kick off the Showplace Theater as a concert venue again. June 23rd in July, Collective Soul and Josh Turner will have shows. Uh, Gabriel Iglesias, the comedian, will be there in July as well. And August, Dwight Yoakam. And the Counting Crows with shows in that month, September. You have REO Speedwagon, Chicago. Shows on the way from Foreigner, Rodney Carrington, and Aaron Lewis. Get your tickets at the Riverwind box office or get them online at riverwind.com. By the way, the Beats and Bites tickets are only 10 bucks. Kids under 12 get in free. Uh, great, great, great value. And, again, you can get uh, tickets also for all those shows at the Showplace Theater. Right now at Riverwind.com. Okay, uh, two to one in favor of Washington over Utah in uh, the game being played right now at Hall of Fame Stadium. So, uh, what do you want to do, Parker? You want to get a couple texts in before we get out of here? How do you want to play this? It's your call. Sure. Let's hit the Air Comfort Solutions or the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Man, I went. I almost went all week without screwing it up, Steely. And there we go. An hour from the finish line, and I, trip I up did again. it. Er- I did it earlier this week. Dallas Bill says, sorry, Parker, 
I keep forgetting you're a transplant. You're such a good old boy. It feels like you're a family member who has lived here all your life. Well, I appreciate that, Dallas Bill. But yes, I think that's in reference to the conversation earlier where I was mentioning that my first-person experiences at OU football games only date back to 2017. So I watched a lot of OU football growing up, naturally, but only started covering the team on a full-time basis in 2019 and have only lived here in Oklahoma since 2017. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we were talking about, because we were talking about what's going to happen with the non-con now, and uh, who was it that came in and said, Brent has talked about when to play, you know, good non-conference games, particularly if you have an eight-game conference schedule. And just think about some of the great, the, the Florida State game in Tallahassee, not long ago was a big-time victory. Kenny Stills had a great night. Um, but my two favorites were the uh, the two Ohio State wins. For me, 1977, Von Schaum, Von Schaman, Von Foot takes down Woody Hayes in the Buckeyes, and then uh, Baker Mayfield in the flag-planting game, which was awesome. Back to the text line here. Uh <laughs> Somebody that I wanted asked, do the transfer portal defensive line ads mean they aren't as confident in the high school recruits or that the Notre Dame transfer won't play? Uh, certainly doesn't mean they're not as confident in the high school recruits. I already mentioned earlier in the week, I just, I, I don't want to touch the Jacob Lacey situation. Uh, I would prefer for the news on that front to come out organically and or for someone else to bite the bullet before I address what's going on there, but... Uh, yeah, suffice it to say there's a reason Oklahoma's looking at now taking not just one defensive line transfer, but two. Uh, Can I say this on that? And I know what you're saying. It's not a he's in trouble issue. Yes. Can we go with that? Yes, absolutely. It's, yeah, it's that's not the issue. Not an off-field deal by any stretch of the imagination. Um <laughs> Somebody asked, what is Parker's favorite A&M non-con game? <laughs> These rumors are getting out of hand. I'm going to need to commission a spokesperson to clear my name. Who will Happy, it... Happy State? Happy State. Oh, gosh. Oh, I forgot about that for a second. I shouldn't, though. That should be remembered. That should be neck and neck with Appalachian State's victory over Michigan as the greatest moments in the history of App State Athletics. Pretty big moments, no doubt. Pretty, pretty big. From the four, wonder, what, go from, ahead. From the 405, Nigel Smith update, question mark. Still coming to OU for the barbecue. Still feel very good about Oklahoma. There you go. All right, and on that note, we have run out of time. Ladies and gentlemen, you will never run out of uh, great gaming options or great dining options, or uh, if you're looking to stay in the uh, Oklahoma City metro area, right here in Norman at Riverwind Casino. They've got a tremendous hotel. If you want to make it a two-night experience, I would highly recommend that. And, uh, again, the newly renovated gaming areas look spectacular. I walked by the uh, food court. Now they have big screen TV setups right there where you're not going to miss a single moment of any game you're interested in. Um, hard to Hard to believe they can improve Riverwind Casino over what it already was, but they have. So shout out to Justin and the crew and everybody here at Riverwind. Always love being out here. All right, we're going to get locked in. Coming up next, want to thank uh, Dr. Villardo and uh, 
the Advanced Lasering Cataract Center as well. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll see you.